0: Welcome to episode ninety four of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. My name is Richard McKinnon. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host Pilar Ortiz. Pilar, how are you doing this overcast London day?
1: <laughs> I am doing very well. I've got so used to it, and <laughs> it it gets a bit difficult when it when the cloud is really low. I really notice it, but on a day like today, there's wind and stuff. I am fine. Hello, listeners. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was running a, a workshop this morning on on sleep and well-being, and one of the things I was talking about was, you know, exposing ourselves to natural light, and I'm looking out the window going, where is it? <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. Well. Yeah. well, we're back
0: together again, um, and it's good to be recording with you.
1: Yes. And this is uh, the latest episode in our series about coaching. It's not the last one, is it, Richard? It's not. Oh, good. Okay. So uh, it won't be the last. It's not the first, because we started back in episode 90 by looking just as a broader how to approach coaching. And then the next episode, which was 91, we looked at common coaching pitfalls, which is always fun. And then 92, was all about uh, all about coaching for productivity, and the last episode was all about the role of coaching when it comes to well-being. So we are covering a lot. Uh, I can see the connection, and it's a nice uh, it's a nice thread. But what are we doing today, Richard?
0: So this time, I thought we could have a look at uh, coaching in the context of effectiveness. So another another. Uh, badge of convenience, if (laughs) you like, and the third big theme um, in how I package my coaching solutions.
1: Yeah. So I imagine like with productivity, well-being, effectiveness is also a word that probably means different things to different people and we use it in all kinds of contexts. So I don't know, where do you want to start? Uh, Do you want to talk about what do you mean by effectiveness when it comes to to coaching? Sure. For example.
0: I, I think what's important for, for listeners to understand is that um, what I don't do with this is sort of stamp these words on a coachy's forehead and say, <laughs> you are now in the well-being uh, group or the productivity group. But actually, it just helps bring a bit of clarity to what we might be talking about. And um, effectiveness is a bit of a catch-all. I... I I really dislike the phrase soft skills.
1: Mm, Yes. It's
0: a personal thing. It's not an evidence-based thing. But I I find that it leads people to view them as optional and dismiss them a little bit. And they use language like that's just the soft skills side Mm. of things. When as a psychologist who's interested in how people think, feel, and behave at work, these skills are really important. So that's largely what I mean by effectiveness, the interpersonal Effectiveness. How do we get along with people? Um, But also, how do we get ahead? How do we pursue our goals and our targets while being a good colleague and acknowledging collaboration, cooperation, interdependence, all of that stuff? So, in one line, I describe these as the skills and attitudes that sit on top of the technical skills and the knowledge that we already have, and, and in part, they help separate people who who um, succeed in organizations versus those that don't.
1: I find that so interesting because I'd never put together the word effectiveness and relationships, but I can see how how it's linked. So there's the other, the the more um, I'm going to say hard topics, but that's not right. The the more technical bits of the mm-hmm. work of getting the work done. I've associated that with effectiveness, but uh, not with relationships. So can you give us some examples around this 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 effectiveness linked to how we build relationships in the in the workplace?
0: Yeah, I I, I sort of stumbled across calling this effectiveness because i I found myself talking about uh workshops and training courses and badging things like effective delegation effective Mm. goal setting effective communication i thought actually this is a good word for all of this really as long as you define it uh, how are, are we working effectively so you can get things done and they're done from your perspective. But are you doing it in a way that contributes to your relationships, acknowledges the interdependence with others, takes account of other people's working styles, or maybe acknowledges the fact that there are goals and objectives that sit way above yours. And within that context, you need to figure out how to do things, not just to do things. So this encompasses Relationships and relationship management, um, that could be with, with a fresh graduate talking about the need to engage in relationship management proactively, you know, um, actively uh, build relationships with your new colleagues. With more senior people, it could be about the more strategic perspective, such as how do I utilize power? to influence, uh, all the different forms of power that, that, that there can be. But, you know, maybe in a matrix organization, I have a senior title, but I don't have people working for me directly. So how do I learn how to get things done through people? Um, how do I navigate the politics that come as, you know, as soon as you get two people in a room, you've got politics. Um, how do I successfully adapt to the things that are going on? Around me, so uh, y- you can see, it. it's sort of a, a, a big bag, a big pot of things, but they all have that interpersonal side of things in common. And I think, and and it's feedback I've had; these are often the things that this is what people have in mind when they visualize coaching. Yeah. It's about can you make this person get along, or can you make this person be successful? That's not what it is, but but it is the visualizing. Um, how, how to work with people and how to be effective with people.
1: I love that. I love the holistic view of it, that it's not just about us, but it's us and our environment, which is other people uh, as well. Yeah. Have you got any more examples of the kind, of more things uh, that uh, you might cover when it comes to coaching uh, to, to, to deal with effectiveness. You were saying that you will, might not label it <laughs> as yeah. effectiveness, but what other stuff are we talking about?
0: So I might mentally file things under mm. this badge yes. for sure. But, you know, this uh, effectiveness could encompass um, coaching to reach a specific goal, learning how to set goals, learning how to uh, formulate and cultivate the habits and behaviors that can support uh, attaining a goal, but again, doing that in a sustainable way that's not going to lead to any kind of uh, unwelcome impact on our uh, relationships or indeed our, our well being. Um, a big one that comes up a lot is about delegation. You know, and this is in part learning the skills of delegation, but in part learning how to delegate what to whom, given the people that work for you, but also learning how to let go. You know, the, you could give someone a checklist that says, here's twelve steps to delegation. That takes no account of their context, the people on the team, the personalities, the skill levels, and the experience, nor does it take account of the coaches comfort with letting go of things yeah. and how and what's stopping them from delegating up till now. I've never I've never met someone in the workplace that couldn't tell me what delegation was. So it's not <laughs> what is delegation. It's more What is stopping me from just trying to let go a little bit more about these things that I don't need to do, or I don't need to do, but instead I find myself uh, trying to do all of the things and, and, and actually that sort of surfaces interpersonal challenges because they're not getting things done on time or they're, they're finding it overwhelming and their emotions come out. And, and so that's why it might find itself in this kind of a category rather than a productivity category. Not, not that it matters, mm-hmm. but the route into coaching is an interesting one. When someone hasn't been delegating, it often it comes across or I get a brief that you know it's about getting along with others and this is the root cause.
1: Yeah. Again, I had never thought of delegation in that way as well. Excellent. Thank you.
0: Mm. And I think that's a, that's, I'll, I'll just call this point out as, as being a useful way of distinguishing coaching from training. Yeah. You know, co- coaching is by and large a one to one activity and training is with a group of people often. But the thing is about the bespoke nature of this. And they're looking at the individual's context and their perspective on that context, rather than if you turn to page three in your workbook, here is the checklist for how to delegate. You know, and while we can train people to delegate, uh, when we're going to invest in time and effort and and money in coaching, we want to take it beyond that. We want to take it beyond the basics and give them the skills so that they could encourage other people that work for them to delegate where appropriate.
1: (laughs) Nice. Uh, what else? What else is there? <laughs> it seems like, well, actually, we're talking about interpersonal skills. I suppose the list is huge.
0: It, 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 it is in virtually every environment I've been involved in and every work environment I've been involved in. Um, bit, another big theme that comes up in coaching, and, and I like it when an organization will proactively explore coaching around this, is when someone is adjusting to a new level of seniority. Mm. and and they view it not as a problem as in can you fix this but they acknowledge that hey this adaptation can be challenging for virtually everyone if they're going to do it properly so uh, you know a really common challenge within that is how do i relate to the people who were my peers and are now my direct reports i'm now their manager or how do i relate to people who i used to see as being senior But they're now my peers. And what does that mean for those relationships and um, how I communicate with them and when I communicate with them? And how do I need to change my perspective on what work is so that I'm focused with my limited focus, attention, and time on the stuff that I'm being paid to do? And if you think about it, you you might leave the office on a Friday at one level and come back in on the Monday at another level of seniority on paper That does not mean you've adapted to that in any way, shape, or form. So, coaching can be really useful there to explore some of the. This is how I see the world. These are the challenges I see. This is what I'm anxious about. These are the fears I have. Um, These are the targets I'm now working towards, and you know how I want to make my mark as a newly appointed manager or or leader, and and that all comes down to you're not in a bubble. You're working with for to other people, and um, the relationships are a really, really uh, key part of that. And and to ignore that means you're. I would really put it out there strongly. You're setting someone up for failure if um, they don't get some kind of support when they're making that kind of uh, career change.
1: And you can really see the. Uh, how uh, it it will relate to the person's context, as you were saying, how it has Mm. to be such a tight fit because of their their context, their personality, their experience and everything, which is something that you often see people attending training for new managers. And this is something that I think is missing precisely probably because it's so specific to the person.
0: Well, even posing the question, Mm. you know, can can be useful. Context is... On the one hand, context is everything, um, because if we think about adaptation to to change, to a new role, whatever it might be, it could be a merger, it could be a reorganization, but the context is different now. The organization is different now. Your focus needs to be different now. So what are you going to do in response to that changed context? Um it's a little bit like that throwaway line, what got you here won't get you there, you know, that kind of... But, you know, now that you, you have another context you're working within, what, what can you see from your point of observation? What does your perspective tell you? And maybe what perspective might you need to adopt or perspectives might you need to adopt to enable you to navigate this in a way that, that works for everybody? Um, and so it, it's it's not like... Uh, and I, I don't want to sound you know cynical but it's not like here is your change curve and you were going through this change it's hey newly appointed leader let's talk about you not comparing you to others but your journey and that that's much more helpful and of course you know we work with others virtually. I mean, I've been in this office all by myself all day, but I've been working with people all day and I'm working with you right now and we're not co-located. And so it's not just about um, uh, what might've been called office politics in the past. It's also about these topics you and I've been discussing uh, in different environments about relationships with remote colleagues and distributed teams and learning how to do that. Maybe for the first time, you know, over the last year that's been enforced in a, in a sense and people have had to work remotely, work from home, etc. But looking to the future, you know, that won't be the same and and yet many more people will want to work in at least um, half-and-half uh, half way home versus shared workplace. And, you know, leaders, team leaders, managers will need to learn how to do that, uh, how to manage teams without micromanaging them or as we've said before, you know, recreating a um, physical office environment in people's homes.
1: So I suppose that there's also a lot to do with navigating change in general, mm-hmm. as well, as well as all the specific uh, things that you're talking about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, there's an individual journey when it comes to change. Um, so when it's, when it's warranted, Um, coaching can be a really good way of expediting that, plus leaving someone with the skills so that they can lead others through change, uh, more effectively when they need to. But if, if we just remember that we're social, emotional animals at heart, then a big part of being effective is self awareness, is learning about yourself and learning what's possible in terms of, let's say, emotional, Management, emotional regulation, learning what's possible in terms of goals and and targets, um, and and learning what's possible in terms of working with others and moving beyond your fixed views of of other people. So you could say emotional intelligence. Or you could just say it's it's a way of being more flexible um, when working with others. But this this can really be a, a blocker for for a lot of people who have the technical skills they've got the knowledge they've got the experience and they're promoted and suddenly this comes out of the blue appearing as a major major development area for them because they were promoted because of their technical ability not their ability to lead and it's a a really really common scenario but this is about helping someone realize maybe you're not doing as much of the doing anymore you're now directing others but not only directing others you're developing them you're going to have a pastoral responsibility as their manager you need to learn who they are as individuals and again that can be a real job of work for some people if they don't naturally have that outlook on the world of work
1: yeah you can really see how the the one to one experience is so so important and also i suppose that it's good to have someone who is not who is an outsider in in this case for me just I'm just thinking that the fact of having an outsider Mm -hmm. through that you maybe need to regulate less what you're saying to them and and just be in a position where you can actually really think about what you're thinking rather than what you should be thinking also
0: definitely and that openness and honesty that's really important in coaching to enable someone to to be really open with me or you know another about their fears uh, worries self-doubt whatever it is and and learn how to deal with that mm-hmm. because there's a big difference between okay now you're appointed as X and actually feeling like you should be X or feeling like you're doing a good job as X whatever that new role is so that's that's a gap where coaching can be really really effective
1: mm-hmm. so you've most of the stuff that we've been looking at are about the 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 present and navigating that have you, do you work under effectiveness in looking at the future and how to get ready for the future as well?
0: Definitely. And, and actually when, when working with, um, maybe we call them, uh, high potential future leaders, fast track leaders, you know, whatever that, that, the people on the succession plan who have been tapped on the shoulder, um, you're a, you're a future leader sometime the coaching is around enabling them to adjust their perspective, not from this quarter or next quarter, but to a more strategic perspective over the next number of years and thinking, uh, what will that require of me? Um, Because, you know, to go back to our what got you here line, um, what you get rewarded for at certain levels is uh, the short-term achievement of goals and getting through projects and programs. You know, more senior roles are associated with navigating an organization over multiple years. And that's quite a different perspective. So it, it's also a skill, I think, to think about the future realistically rather than being dragged into you know, nightmarish scenarios or some kind of Pollyanna, everything's going to work out, won't it? <laughs> and somewhere in the middle, there's that, okay, what are the realistic challenges and what does that require of me as a leader? And how do I need to be with other people as we go through this?
1: So in a way, I mean, I, this is maybe the perspective of where I am right now, but Thinking about the other two big topics that we looked at, productivity and well-being, this is making me think like we need even, even more introspection, uh, but, but maybe not. Where, where, is the, where is the overlap between effectiveness, productivity and well-being?
0: It's total. No, it's not total. But you know, <laughs> people don't come neatly packaged. Yeah. So, as I've said before, I think in, in our conversations that the the coaching relationship can can go on a bit of a journey, and people become more open with time sometimes, and and they'll confide or they'll open up about other things. But I mean, to be honest, we touched on delegation. If you don't delegate, you can end up quite overwhelmed and stressed out. And of course, how you respond to that could have an impact on the quality of your work, but definitely the quality of your relationships. And you you can then appear to be a bit of an obstacle in the organization. And so um, if you don't get good quality feedback, you can end up with lots of um, you know, self-doubt and worries. Um, you can also bring this stuff home. And so whether it's not delegating, whether it's conflict, whether it's um, not living up to others' expectations, um, you can then bring that home and then find that the the interface between work and home uh, can be a bit bit problematic. Um, And of course, adjusting to seniority comes with a change of perspective and largely letting things go while you pick other things up. And if you don't do that, you also end up with too much on your plate. And that's ultimately not sustainable. Whether we talk about well-being or whether we talk about productivity is really going to be driven by the context. But it can be a way of exploring how sustainable a behavioral pattern is, how helpful the behavior is by exploring the not just the immediate, but the medium and the longer term impact of it. And that could be about the quality of work or it could be about their own well-being or happiness at home.
1: So yes everything everything is uh, o- overlapping and what I wanted to know is you you've shared the big topics or the big umbrella topics under which might come under effectiveness but what are some of the specific stuff that you end up coaching people? more on
0: With, within this within this topic. within effectiveness yeah yes, yeah, yes. yeah absolutely so you know like I said some people well I think most people will will understand the act of delegation you know give or take a few a few words or, or bullet points but actually in 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 coaching it, it could lo- and, and psychological coaching specifically it could be looking at that through the lens of what are you avoiding when you don't delegate and um, what do you fear will happen when you do delegate and learning how to accept not accept that it's going to always work out but accept that sometimes there will be challenges but you're headed in the direction of getting better at delegation um, and that could open up all kinds of discussions about control and things being perfect or having high personal standards that they don't believe anyone else can match. But it's quite a departure from, let me talk you through the five steps around delegation. So we're definitely looking at it through the lens of thoughts and, and emotions, and then get to the behavior. But we need to start, start back there. Um, a very common conversation, um, you could say this was associated with emotional intelligence, but learning how to Remember to consider other people's perspectives. You know, can I see it from their point of view? You, you'll find people who are very technically able with a lot of knowledge and years under their belt can still find themselves in a position where they don't consider other people's perspectives or they just assume that their perspective is the correct one. And then you lead, you know, you find yourself in in potential conflict situations, or it's hard to work with this person because they are so sure that theirs is the correct uh, perspective. So trying to loosen that up and give them a bit of flexibility in how they view these situations. Um, you know, when it comes to working towards goals and, and establishing habits, um, you might find a sort of a drifting away from what's important and focusing on what's right in front of us or what seems like it's urgent in the moment, um, or, or overreaching and and trying to make too many changes, um, at at the same time, which can be a little bit overwhelming, um, and learning how to pay attention to what's going on interpersonally. You know, when I, when I, um, coach managers or try, sorry, train managers in how to be coaches, um, which kind of, you know, gives a big a big question for, for our next episode but anyway when when I do this training you know one of the most important skills we work on is presence in the moment so they can pay attention to the person that's in front of them whether it's on screen or in the room so that they can really notice what's going on in that context rather than what a lot of our interpersonal behavior can be like we're kind of multitasking or spreading our attention over you know a few different things at the same time so that if you want to be effective as a as a people leader you need to understand when it's helpful uh to really bring your attention to the context so that you can respond effectively to that rather than do what you've always done before i, h- I hope that's not too high level but i'm trying to keep it sort of accessible uh at the same time
1: yeah no not at all not at all uh, high level it's completely um, i think it's really Again, it goes back to the holistic nature of it, that it's it's really about even more self awareness, even more, um, like, like you said, just paying attention more paying attention. I would say rather mm. than okay, how do I do this? <laughs> give me the give me the list. Um, no, that all those things are they're not something that I would have probably put under the the umbrella term effectiveness. So yeah.
0: And it's it give me the list is a really, <laughs> really good way of putting that attitude where sometimes it will be, well, I've read all the books. Yeah, but you're not doing anything you've read in the books. So you've read you've got all the knowledge about how to get along with people and how to lead, but you're not doing it. And that's where coaching can really add value to to bring the accountability and the support to the relationship where someone can then experiment with with trying new ways of being a manager or a leader and not viewing it as an all or nothing success, failure type thing, um, because this is people, this is relationships. So it's not the same as teaching a technical skill. You know, when we interact with computers and machinery, we know what response we'll get if we do a certain thing. We don't know that with people. We, you know, we're hugely unpredictable. So learning how to accommodate some of that uncertainty and that trial and error and it's not right first time but keep persisting that's a that's a big theme when it comes to interpersonal effectiveness
1: yeah and and this uh this conversation today even more so than previous ones really making me think of how much this coaching with you or whoever you're being coached by really gives that space to reflect and to really reflect on what's going on and yeah, exactly. To to reflect, I think is so important. And sometimes we just need to have that space, or else we don't really dig into what's really going on. We just coast along.
0: And you know what gets in the way of us having that space a lot of the time is is sheer busyness hmm. or the habit of being busy. You know, just um, I'm I'm doing well if I'm doing stuff all the time, rather than actually, how am I doing this stuff? And might there be a better way that I could do it? Or even is some of this stuff not needed? to be done by me and that opens up that whole can of worms about well if I'm not doing it what's the what's the point of me which is another conversation I have regularly with senior people if I'm not running around the place like a headless chicken will people begin to wonder well why is she here you know why do we have this expensive senior person they don't look like they're um, adding much value and of course a lot of that lives in our minds right as a, as a fear rather than something someone might actually say. Wow.
1: Wow, so that is a, that is a lot. So, uh, Richard, thank you. I'm sure our listeners are have been <laughs> have been following us along while you were sharing. What are the big themes that usually come up? under what, what you term effectiveness? Again, not, not that that you that maybe even the coaches are thinking about that when they're having these conversations with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the link between productivity and well being. And thank you for sharing some more specific stuff of some of the trends that are coming up for you. So. Effectiveness, productivity, well-being, we've looked at that. What's next?
0: So next time we're going to answer the question that I already answered... (laughs) Which is can a manager be a coach? And maybe we'll we'll put it this this way: How can a manager uh, be a coach? Um, because it, you know, coaching isn't some magical skill that only a few can use, uh, and it's something I, I, I try and do a, a lot of work with to, to give people these essential coaching skills so they have it in their toolkit. So we'll be looking at that, and looking at some of the pros and cons, and some of the things to look out for, and what you might learn while you're you're on that kind of training course. And, but in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. So. Uh, let us know what questions you have about any of these coaching episodes we've done. Any um, things you want to share about your own experience? Any feedback you have about you know these perspectives that I've been sharing? Um, and you can do that on uh, Twitter at my Pocket psych, or you can send us a long message on the contact form, which is worklifepsych.com slash contact. And we will cover those if you say it's okay um, in, your, in your message. We'll cover those in a future episode where we'll be gathering feedback from both the listeners and some members of the online community at worklifepsych.club and some other sources to sort of do a, a Q&A episode to round us out for the end of this um, coaching series. So, Pilar, any final questions before we wrap this one up?
1: No, just one question for the listener, and it, that's uh, what do you think and what's your experience of all of this? Because I'd love to to hear, like you said, what what they are reflecting on around these topics.
0: Mm, definitely. Pilar, thank you um, for, for the questions. Thanks for the chats. It was nice to make human contact today. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us for another coaching uh, conversation. Um, We will see you next time. Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at... Work Life Psych, or leave us a message on the contact form at slash contact. Thanks for listening.